Welcome to the Thrive with Omu podcast, where each week I'll chat with an amazing entrepreneur on their growth journey. They'll be sharing this with us to help and encourage us to take that bold step. Hi, Luke. It's so nice to have you here today. Hi, Hi everyone. I have Luke here with me, Luke Rosmo. He's a mindset coach and he works with entrepreneurs who are stressed to help them with their mindsets and to help them succeed. And then from being a coach, a mindset coach, he goes all the way to the other extreme and is a musician. I'm glad to have you on my podcast, Luke. Maybe you should start. Where do we want to start? With the coach or with the musician? <laughs> we can start wherever you like. Um, I think it's interesting because you, you say they're kind of on different ends of the spectrum, but they're very much both kind of just who, who I am and what I love to do. So they might seem kind of opposing and crazy, but for me, they, they interrelate and mesh very, very well. Yeah, and it also depends on what kind of music as well, because sometimes music can be quite, ther- not music can be therapeutic. It is for me. I mean, I write from my personal experiences very, very much. Um, so I'm not doing like, you know, rap music. I don't do that kind of music or heavy metal. It's 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 very easy listening. It's um, and I, I write mostly for me, but it, it turns out that other people enjoy it as well. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So tell us a bit about what what you do mm-hmm. and how you got to doing what you do. Uh, with more with business owners, with business owners, or with whoever your clients are. Yeah, typically business owners and entrepreneurs, and it's it's taken some time to get here. Um, so where I started is 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 very unrelated uh i started coaching people in gyms so that's how i got my start working with started coaching people. people where in gyms in gyms um were like you physical, coaching them physical, physical training oh yep. wow physical okay. fitness that's how we got started uh that was probably oh 12 years ago um i love helping people uh, i love the gyms and what we were doing at the time and as you grow in something you you know, things change. So I started to enjoy the talks that I was having with my clients a lot more around uh, nutrition and helping people more out of the gym than in the gym. That led me to an online nutrition coaching business. So I did online nutrition coaching. And the more that I work with people, the more I found and realized that Okay, so usually I'm working with weight loss clients. So weight loss. Um, What I found is people who struggle losing weight, it's not really about food stuff. Yes, it's all in the head. Yeah, it's all about how... Other issues. Yeah, it's a symptom. It's just a symptom. Absolutely. Um, And honestly, I came to detest and hate the the um the nutrition coaching industry because everybody's just giving band-aid horrible short-term fixes that actually compound a problem which the problem is it's a cultural message it's diet culture um 
And it's this horrible, insidious system that we're trying to have a band-aid solution with. So um, I really don't like to talk to people about their weight. I don't, my message is, hey, you're actually okay as you are. Um, And when we actually internalize that and realize that, because the message of the diet industry is lose 10 pounds, well, or 100 pounds. Well, why? Why would I have to lose that weight? Well, what we're being told is um, you should be different than you are. And the subtext there is you're not okay as you are. So the the message constantly constantly seeking to be approved by the society. Yeah, because you're not enough as you are, which now we have this, and women especially have this hyperfixation on their weight and on food. And it's horrible. It's just the worst. It's insidious. It's uh, it drives me crazy. So I, I was I like, I can't, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't have these conversations. I don't want to be putting this stuff on social media. I can't talk about this anymore. Um, it just so happens that I started picking up because I was working with mindset. I was working with people on their mindset and by there's nothing to solve because nothing's broken, but by working through what's going on up here, um, people are just very easily losing weight. Now there's a system that I use and I lean on for the mindset work. It just turns out that I started coaching people more in business, more in that. And I like that better. And it's funny because, because we're working in here, whether it, people might think it's a business issue, people might think it's a food issue or relationship issue, but oftentimes it's something else entirely. So we still get to work. I still get to do this amazing work, um, but I don't have to talk about food anymore. So that's kind of where I started and how I ended up doing this. And I'm an entrepreneur myself. Um, I've had all of the blocks in the world. So it just seemed like a natural fit. Can you talk about some of those blocks? that you had did they no but did they because I had a lot of blocks that actually did slow me down and it Mm. was really I really had to um it was a big battle getting those blocks out of my head yeah so um, were they that bad or you know or were they just blocks that you could do positive self-talk and it's over or were they really really bad no, I don't. I think that again, like talking about bandaid issues, like in my so I'm just talking from my experience, um, working with myself and working with other people. Um, we can't like positive affirm. We can't have these positive affirmations and try to overcome something. Um, I did that. I'll give you a really practical example. Um, <clears throat> so I have I had money stories like money anxiety, money, worry. And the way that that would present itself is a multitude of ways. So this is what I was consciously aware of. Um, I put off doing my taxes for two years. I couldn't, I couldn't even think about doing my taxes. The thought of doing it, um, you can't see my heart here, but it's like this clenching (laughs) tension around my soul. It wasn't about the taxes, but I had to realize that later. Um, my, my wife, is a beautiful gift giver. She buys the most amazing gifts and she loves receiving amazing gifts. And I used to like Mother's Day, this was recently, um, Mother's Day, I went out and I thought that I'd made this big effort because you know I spent what was for me a lot of money on a gift, but it was, um, the feeling inside was like this. 
Um, I don't like to spend money. You don't like spending. <laughs> I don't like spending. So you just like to see your account fat. You like to see money going in. You don't like to see money coming out. You would think so. Um, <laughs> but so there, there is one end of the spectrum. And typically, so for this one, for me, again, I'm talking from personal experience. There's two ends of this spectrum. Um, there's, it's, there's never enough. There's never enough. So I had a goal, you know, at the at, uh, previously to hit a financial goal. And it was to make $10,000 in my business in a month. Well, when I eventually did that, um, it, it it was empty. There was no feeling of accomplishment or anything. As soon as I made that number, there was a jump to, okay, well, that didn't do it. So 20,000. Yeah. And it, okay, well, where's that number end? Um, so can't look at taxes. I, I can't check my accounts. Like I can't even look at my bank accounts. That's the, serious. The anxiety, the fear was like tremendous. So... <clears throat> What, what I do with people is, and I did this for myself, uh, I had to recognize um, kind of what was behind that, what was holding me back, because um, it, it wasn't really about the money. I just thought it was about the money. I was looking to money to solve my issue, but it wasn't about the money. Um, the, the, when I went to the root for me, and this took time, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just tell you what I did but it took time um, at the heart of my money stuff with this very, very, very deep felt sense of I'm not okay. I'm not okay. So I'm looking for money. So every time I go to check my accounts, or I go to spend money, I go to pay for dinner. This is if I have money in my account, like I'm, I'm not dead broke. Yeah. I've been dead broke too. This is, it was the same. Um, <clears throat> Every time I went to spend money, it triggered this very, very deep sense of I'm not okay. And the uh, the through line there is like, well, I'm not okay, therefore I'm going to die. So the tension wasn't the tension of money. It was the tension of survival. Um, so I had to see. So that's kind of the thing that was holding my back, me back. I think of us like human beings as these boats. We're all just boats. We have beautiful sails we have this crew that is wonderful and they're going to do their job and this captain who's actually incredibly capable but we spend our lives looking at the we're not we don't go anywhere a lot of us don't go anywhere and we're like well we need new sails so we go and buy new sails we fire our crew we go and get a new captain when all we had to do was look off the back of our boat and say oh my goodness i had these anchors off the back of my boat i just never thought to look there so this was one of just one of my anchors. <laughs> I have a lot. <laughs> were you able to were you able to discover where the, the root, how how you got to where it came from, where that feeling came from? Yeah, I think on one hand that can be really, really valuable. I think on another hand, um <clears throat> what matters more is that it's it's there in me in this moment. So we love to know like why is this there? Where does it come from? And sometimes we can we can find that out um, or we'll have a best guess because I don't know. If yeah. Sometimes you can't find know. Sometimes you might never really be able to trace. I mean, there's yeah. some, there's some blocks I had and I've tried to trace and mm -hmm. I really can't trace where it came from and how I got there. There's some that I can. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you deal with it? So I, once you get to the root, 
my root in this case, again, had nothing to do with money. It had to an incredibly deep sense of I'm not okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the way that I did that is I explored my feelings with my thoughts. So I think of my thoughts as tuning forks. So I'm not okay. Had a, it hurt way more in my heart um, <clears throat> than the idea of spending money. So that now I know that lets me know I'm on the right track. Um, so when I got to the heart of it and I really saw it, like it felt, it felt horrible, like terrible. Um, I'm working with myself pen on paper. So I'm getting these thoughts out of my head. So I have literally this thought written on my paper. I'm not okay. And I thought in this moment, like, wait a minute, is that, that's not even true. And in the, so I got to the other side of I'm not okay, which is just simply I'm okay. Awesome. That's it. That was it. it I was never going to find I'm okay in money. It didn't matter yeah. how much money was in my accounts. It, 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 as long as you feel like you're not okay, mm-hmm. even if they give you a million dollars and you think you're not okay, you're not okay. Yeah. And it's going to be even more messed up because then I'll be like, oh my, I need two million. Because <laughs> we're looking to solve this thing that can't be solved externally. Um, so once I saw it as false, I am not not okay. I literally just wrote, I'm okay on the paper. And it felt like my heart cracked open. Um, the freedom that I was looking for in having more money, I found within myself. And the feeling of that was, I told you that there was, I kept like doing like this. It's So that's survival. I'm not okay. It's just a, it's a, it's a form of survival. So the tension in that is, like I said earlier, it's I'm not okay. But for the brain, it's survival. So I'm not okay, therefore I'm going to die. There's tension in that and it's very uncomfortable. So in the absence of that tension is space, freedom, opportunity. I always use the word possibility. It just, anything feels possible. Like this is a brand new, beautiful moment. And in the absence of I'm not okay, Omu, anything could happen right now. And that is exciting. So do you have also a feeling of contentment? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I did before I had a feeling of deep anxiety. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even know I was anxious. Like I, I have so much anxiety in my family. Like my, I have a you know brother and sister. Um, I, I won't talk about them much because it's about me, but um, I have a, I have a very anxious family. I'm like, Oh, I'm so happy. Okay. I skipped out on that. Like I missed mm-hmm. that. No, you didn't miss that. You didn't even know how anxious you were. So <laughs> that's the power of just, not knowing, not knowing what we don't know. And yeah. there's so many things that I didn't know about myself that, that I've learned. Yeah. So on this journey, are there other things you, you went through you would want to share with us? Because obviously it was a long journey of serious self-discovery. <clears throat> yeah, I think the, it's so beautiful because it is a journey. And where I am now isn't where I started. All that matters is I'm going through my version of my journey and yours yeah. is different and everyone else is. Everyone has, everyone has their version of success. Everyone has their version of joy and happiness. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because I actually feel like I'm just starting to discover mine because I'm not bogged down by my anchors. Um, so, I mean, there's been, a there's inside stuff, but there's outside stuff too. Um, so, I, 
I lived a very small, unhappy life until I was about 28 years old. I'm 35 now. So about seven years ago, um, I faced my, my biggest fear at the time which was to step on stage. I had this deep longing desire to be on stage, step on stage and play my music. And yeah, we're going to go to the music. How could I have left that out? We're not, we won't leave anything out. You should, you should, you should you're, going to, you're going to sing for us for a minute before we, we shut down. Wow, that is bold. Do you know what time it is here? What time? It is early morning. It is early, early Even morning. better. So you're full of energy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see how much you twist my arm. What I would love to do is uh, I'll, I can connect you with some links to actual recorded music. I will. I will post the links along with the, I'll, I will post the cool. links along with the YouTube video and the, um, and the podcast. I will post the links. You got a beautiful mic in front of you. And I'm, I'm just using this right now. I, I put my little mic this is what I was hooked up to earlier. I put mine off to the side. Okay. So anyway, um, 20, 28 years old, never stood on stage. Terrified. Like talk about this, this tension. It's the same thing. It's fear. It's survival. It's like, Oh, if I step on stage, I'll die. So a lot of things held me back there. Perfectionism. Um, Absolutely. Just thinking I had to like, just be, and the idea of like, oh, if I get on stage, I can't be perfect. I need to be perfect to get on stage, but I can't be perfect. So right there, mm-hmm. limiting belief. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can go up on stage and you're going to mess I know it that up, feeling. Bro. I know that feeling. <laughs> I know that feeling. How do you know it? Because, because I speak on stages. I speak. Um, I'm an international speaker. And um, yeah. for every time I'm climbing the stage, um, initially I used to panic, but now I talk to myself and I'm saying to myself, oh, you're badass, you're badass speaker, get on that stage. And then when I'm done, of course, I've forgotten some of the things I wanted to say. And I come down and I'm fighting that belief of you've messed up, you've messed yourself up. And I'm like, no, they're in love with me. And you know, you're, and you're like, okay, you've done this over and over again. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be scared. I mean, you've done it with a larger crowd and you're talking to yourself. But when you get on the stage, you're like, don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. So, you know, but I, I, um, a few, a few years ago, I was listening to John Maxwell because I'm a member of the John Maxwell team and he was talking in one of, he was speaking in one of the conferences and he said that he still has butterflies in his stomach when he's going to speak. And I said to myself, oh, if John Maxwell still has butterflies in his stomach, who am I to complain? Of course I should. <laughs> you know, so obviously it's about fighting those feelings and they would come, and especially when you're a perfectionist. So I'm a perfectionist. So when I'm going on the stage, I'm wondering, okay, are you dressed properly? Are you speaking properly? Are you standing properly? Are you doing this properly? <laughs> and then you're looking at the crowd. Are they smiling? Are they listening? Are they, you know? So, yeah. Omo, I'm, I'm looking at you and I'm, I know that you're dressed properly if you're on stage. <laughs> I know that you got that covered. Um, I, um, I, was, I would get so, so you talk about butterflies. Uh, <laughs> mine would stir me up so thick. I get sick. I get so sick. Um, so I was contending with all that. Um, 
Um, do you mind if I give you a, something that I, I, I learned and I used to get on stage? Please do share. Okay. Cause you talk about like the butterflies, right? So I was yeah. reading this book. I can't remember the book, but it told two stories. Well, it told a lot of stories, but in relation to what I'm going to share with you, it told two. So this has completely changed my world for getting on stage. Um, so <clears throat> this person interviewed two big musicians. So I think the first one is Billie Holiday, but I don't know for sure. But she's like, how do you feel before you get on stage? And she was like, oh, I'm, I'm so unbelievably nervous. I throw up like two or three times before I get on stage. I wow. get sick. And they're like, well, what, what do you physiologically feel? Like, what do you actually feel? And she talked about butterflies. But she, the meaning, the story that she told about her feelings was that it was fear, scary. What if I mess up? Now, the interviewer also interviewed Bruce Springsteen. And yeah, well, how, Bruce, how do you feel before you get on stage? And Bruce is like, I am so excited. I can't wait to go on stage and like give these guys the show of their lives. And they're like, well, what do you feel? And he described the exact same feelings, the butterflies. He just gave them a different meaning. So I don't think you talked about fighting that feeling. I um I like fully step into it, but I'm like, I'm going to give these people the best show of their lives. Like converting the energy is like converting the energy to positive energy. It just gets me excited. I'm like, I can't wait to go. Like if I was to play a show tonight and I was thinking about it in the past, I would have been like, Oh, that tension. But on the other side of that, um, I can really use that for my advantage. Yeah. And anyway, it's just something that I've played with and it's completely changed I'm excited to get on stage now. Like I'm like, oh, let's go. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock your socks off. And I so, when is your it. next stage performance? I don't have one booked. Um, I don't even have one booked right you now. You have one booked for like um, the next thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're funny. I love how you're just you're stringing that along. Um, you have one booked for the next thirty seconds. Just just humor me. Give me. Just 30 seconds, just 30 seconds. You never can tell. I might fly out to come and watch you. You might fly out. Uh, you, where do you live? Nigeria. Okay, that's what I thought. You had, you had a long flight. Yeah, just for you. If you do this, <laughs> <laughs> if you do this 30 seconds. Properly, do you have a request? Like, it's tough to go cold like that. No, just whatever comes to mind. Uh, when the night was calm, but and the land was far, and the moon is the only light that you'll see. Do, do, do. No, I won't be afraid. No, I know I won't. Be afraid just as long as you stand, stand, stand by me. Oh, won't you stand by me? Oh, my darling, won't you stand, stand by me? You see, I was miming. I, I, 
I was too scared to let my voice out because I know that I have a horrible singing voice. It's okay. It's about so, expression. So I wanted, I didn't want to spoil it. I'm sure it wouldn't have been spoiled. I think music, music shit oh. is never spoiled. Um, oh, wow. Look, it's been such an interesting conversation with you. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I good. thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. And I succeeded in arm twisting you. You did. You twisted it hard. <laughs> it's been a very nice conversation. Thank you. And I wish you all the best Thank in you so your much. endeavors. Thank you. Thank you for um, being on our podcast. And um, we'll be following you. Thank you. We'll be following your every activity. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Thrive with Omu podcast. This is your host, Omu Obilo. Thank you.